Consciousness and Understanding Channelings from Clyde Trepanier Volume 2 Continued Sessions from 1960, September through October Thursday, September 1st, 1960 My greetings to you, my friends. I come to you in love and in understanding. May the peace of the Great Ones be with you. My friends, as you seek to discover your pattern or your path that may bring you to your awakening, it is good to remember that you can best follow this path or discover this path which is so important to you by keeping uppermost in your consciousness the necessity of high ideals, of purity and the realization that you are seeking truth, and that in your seeking, you realize that this truth is to be found within you. The person who madly seeks, who desperately dashes here and there, seeking to find the truth, always somewhere beyond, or in the consciousness of another, this person will never find truth. For truth is not found intellectually, but it is found within your own being. For you are a spiritual being, and spiritual truth will only be found by searching spiritually. Each person has the key within him that will open the door to truth. And this key is found only through true meditation, by becoming aware in the silence. And when we have found this truth, beloved friends, when you have opened this door, you will know. You will not believe, you will know. You will no longer depend upon faith, for you will have passed the phase of faith, and you will have reached a degree of knowing of knowing. You will have looked into other dimensions and you will have seen truth. Faith is a wonderful thing, but it is again only a stepping stone to higher understanding, to higher knowledge. What you are really striving for now, my friends, is the stage of knowing. And this too is only a stepping stone to higher understanding. So you see, we move ever onward to higher and higher understanding. But for the present, it is for earth people to acquire somewhat of an understanding between themselves, to understand a little bit about themselves, who and what they are and to be able to understand their brother enough to live side by side with him in peace and in love. But many of you are seeking higher understanding than this. Therefore, I mention these other things. Strive always to keep your thinking and your consciousness pure. Cast out all thoughts of resentment, of criticism, of jealousy, of false desires. Try to know and to see perfection, 
Try to see beyond this illusionary environment in which you now find yourself. Try to avoid the things that lower your consciousness, rather bringing into sight those things which raise you to new heights of consciousness, of understanding. For these, my friends, are the things that will bring you what you see. Peace. Health. Prosperity. These things are all apparent to the higher consciousness. For in pure consciousness, or pure knowing, all things are in harmony. And harmony is what you are seeking. Peace be with you, my friends. Peace be with you. I go. Wednesday, September 7th, 1960. Good evening to you, my friends. I am Yom. It is once more my pleasure to be a guest in your household. Or maybe you are beginning to think I am a member. I should like to greet our new friend here tonight, and I should also like to state that you are not a stranger to me, though I may be to you. We who are working in the light are aware of all of you who are assisting in your way, and I should also like to say that you are serving in your way and are doing much good. You are offering a stepping stone, so to speak, to higher and higher understanding, and through your efforts you shall also reach higher understanding. After all, is this not what we are all seeking? I'm sure it is. We have heard a great deal of your conversation here tonight, and when I say we, I mean my dear friend Anthon, who is the teacher and the keeper of this instrument through which I speak at this moment. If I can be of any help to you in my expounding, I shall be happy. Let us first, my friends, consider the subconscious. You are aware that this is a storehouse of all your experiences. Every experience, every thought that passes through your conscious mind, every act or deed that you perform, is stored in the subconscious. But it is more than this. It is a very influencing factor in our lives. We have, over a period of time, fed into the subconscious many concepts, and in turn, these flow out and become a part of our consciousness. This power within us that is known to you as the subconscious is not a respecter of good, nor of evil. It does not know one from the other. This power is continually working for us, bringing into what we call reality that which is our consciousness, or that which our consciousness is willing and ready to receive. You see, my friends, we do not receive anything that is not part of our consciousness. Now, we may not at the moment 
be aware of the many concepts, of the many things that have passed into our subconscious. Therefore, we do not understand why we are having certain experiences in our life, which perhaps we do not like, or perhaps we do like. A life pattern of which you spoke has been formed by what has been passed into the subconscious. Therefore, if we do not like what we are experiencing, then we should start placing into the subconscious that which we desire. Now, my friends, how long shall it take before the change shall come about? This, my dear friends, depends upon you. It depends upon your readiness to receive that which you desire. Many people try or declare certain good, and it does not come about. Why is this? Why does it not happen? It does not happen because they do not expect it to happen, you see. You have to have great expectancy, or perhaps you can call it faith. Call it what you will, but you must learn to receive. Many people withhold their good because they are not ready to receive it. So we must learn to receive. Your Creator has placed within your reach of every man anything he desires for his good, but he must receive it. You see, if I declare a good for myself, and then in the same breath I say I am not deserving of this. I hope God will give it to me, but I do not deserve it. You see, immediately I have put a block in the way, and my good cannot possibly flow to me. So, in our meditations, let us try to expand our consciousness by placing into our subconscious all things which are ours and let us attempt to look out into the beyond, for we have the power to be any place we desire, upon any plane of consciousness. We can extend our consciousness into any realm of life and look around and see the wonders. Let us not throw restrictions in our path. I am not speaking of family, of personal things. I am saying that in our meditations let us expand, and when we have touched the higher realization, the truly high realizations, we shall find that our whole life shall begin to react. Our understanding will begin to react in our life. And when you have true spiritual understanding, your life will be one of harmony. Many people speak of great spiritual understanding, of great spiritual experiences, but the reaction is not in their lives. I say to you, my friends, these are only empty dreams that they are having. They have not received spiritual understanding, for when this is had, there will be no question in your minds, for it will show in every act 
and in every word that he speaks. True love shall be radiating from this person at all times. My friends, I hope I have not bored you with my lengthy conversation here tonight. If I have been of any little help, I am happy. I thank you for receiving me into your presence, and I extend to you my love and my understanding. Peace be with you, my friends. May each of you reap great results in your search for understanding. Good night, my friends. Thursday, September 8th, 1960. Beloved children, my peace and my blessings I give to you. I am reminded of a phrase from one of your hymns which states, Blessed be the tie that binds. What, my friends, do you consider the greatest tie to bind man together in great brotherhood? Questioner. Love. Source. Well spoken, my sister. And how shall we define this word, love, that is so loosely used among earth man? Is it an emotion or a phrase of our emotions? Is it a feeling that rises up within our being? How could we describe this thing we call love to a fellow being? I can only give you my interpretation of this. Perhaps you shall not agree with me. Let us also consider another word which is used quite extensively among all of you and all of your people. There is much talk today among earth people that understanding must be brought about among your people if you are to live together in peace. Now, how do we gain understanding of our fellow man and of ourselves? There are only a few ways that we can do this, and this is by association. By association combined with love. And when we have achieved understanding, we have also achieved love. Therefore, we cannot separate the two. We must conclude that love is understanding, and understanding is love. Then this is what remains, to increase our love and understanding to include spiritual understanding. Before we can have or reach any degree of spiritual understanding, we must first have and cultivate understanding of our fellow man. There are many on earth planes that proclaim great spiritual understanding, yet this does not reflect in their life. They do not show love or understanding for their fellow being. Many of them attempt to judge the spiritual growth of another. You will hear them remark that this person or that person is not developed spiritually. Harmony does not exist in their life. Where you find this result, there is not any true degree of spiritual understanding 
For unless you have within your own heart a true understanding or love for those about you, you will not attain great spiritual understanding. Let us work to promote this love among mankind, so that he might extend his spiritual understanding in preparation for a greater life. Great help has been offered to earth man to bring about these conditions more rapidly, but they have been rejected many times. For somehow man of earth has not come into the full realization of the importance of brotherhood. It is now slowly dawning upon him. He is beginning to get through his dim sight, a slight glimpse of the importance of this yet he hesitates to take this step forward. He fears that he shall not find the readiness in his fellow man to accept his hand of friendship and love. Everything possible is being done by the higher powers to help mankind come into this realization. Man of Earth is existing now upon borrowed time. Little does he realize the number of times that through the great efforts of those who understand these laws, he has been given more time. But eventually, this must also end, and man will have made his final choice. This opportunity will have passed, and those who have not chosen rightly will be doomed to try again through another process of evolution. Peace be with you, my friends. Thursday, September 29th, 1960. Greetings in the light, my friends. I am Oxel. Our contact tonight was more successful than upon the last occasion. Our last attempt to contact you here at Center R was spoiled by interference. So tonight, it is again my pleasure to have the opportunity to again address you there on Sean. There is, my friends, so much preparation yet needed by people of your planet to prepare them to receive the knowledge that is going to be conveyed to them in the very near future. Earthman is going to stand upon other planets much sooner than he thinks. Today your world governments are preparing vehicles that will travel both to the moon and to other nearby planets. The information that will be brought back by the first visitors from Earth is going to be a great shock to the masses. Change is coming about much faster than any other time in your civilization, and it is increasing in momentum by the moment. Many of you stand in positions today to help your people in the preparation of the changes to come by preparing them for change. This does not mean that you have to force upon them concepts which they are not ready to receive. But in many ways, by planting the seeds, they can be prepared 
so that these changes do not come as a terrific blow to them. Before most of your peoples will accept even the minutest of the information that will be forthcoming, they will need to have this information verified by their authorities. And, as the impact of this truth begins to dawn upon them, they will realize the folly of depending upon authority, and they shall begin searching other places for their information, for the truth. And those who are prepared in this day to serve these people shall find themselves surrounded by seekers of truth. Those of you who believe in the new age and its coming, who believe that man is about to awaken unto himself, we urge you to spend some effort in attaining an understanding that will qualify you as one for service. Your great nation and its people are destined to play a great part in the new age, but they must be prepared. It would be possibly quite impossible for any of you at this moment to conceive of all the changes that are to come, but I will say to you that they will affect every phase of life. They will change the entire concept of life and the present way of life of all peoples will not be the same. And even man himself upon your planet will become a new and different being. I leave you, my friends, by extending to you the love, the light, and the understanding of my people. I am Oxel. Monday, October 17th, 1960. Peace be with thee, my friends. Have ye ever attempted to realize what is meant by being one with the whole, with universal mind, or shall we say, with all creation? I know that each of ye are familiar with cellular structure, with molecules and such, so let us liken our mind, or perhaps I should say, our pure mind, or what ye would perhaps term spirit mind. Let us visualize our portion of this as one of the minute cells of universal mind, moving continually through the great sea or space where flows this complete mind. As we bring our consciousness into the realization of this and the relationship of this minute cell, which we shall refer to as the I or the I am, we visualize ourself as one of these moving among the many. And in our quietness, we bring ourselves into complete harmony and attunement with that which surrounds us which we are part of, and which is a part of us. As we come into this attunement, we begin to find great truth, great love, great wisdom and understanding of this one great mind, becoming a part of us, of the I, 
and we find arising in our consciousness great amounts of truth and understanding. But in order to tap this source of truth, we must become a part of it. All things, my friends, come about through the broadening of one's consciousness. And in order to broaden our consciousness, to bring into it greater things, we must start with the intellectual mind. Exercising and broadening of this consciousness. At first, it may not seem at all real, but as we practice, we find the subconscious and the conscious coming closer together, cooperating more in bringing about that which we seek to know. Nothing can become real to us unless we bring it within our consciousness the scope of our consciousness. Truth is. Consciousness must be developed to bring truth into it. Each of ye are well aware that many of your people pass a whole lifetime with a consciousness so narrow that it takes in practically nothing. Even in the knowledge of your intellectual world, man will be just what his consciousness can take in. So I say to each of thee, my friends, let your consciousness become ever wider and ever higher. Realize your at-oneness with creation, with this great universal mind or intelligence that you might receive that which is rightfully yours to have. For you, as children of the Most High, are entitled to all of His creations. They are yours to claim and to have. They are mine to claim and to have. There is great plenty for all. Become conscious of these facts and go farther than believing them. Know them to such an extent that the knowing is part of your being. My love, in my peace, I leave with thee. Good night, my friends. I am Anthon. Monday, October 24th, 1960. Peace, peace, peace. Where? O beloved ones, do you find peace? Is this peace for which you search found in books? Is it found through the sharing of wisdom from another? Or do we find it within our own hearts when we have made peace with ourselves and all creation? Peace cannot be found in a heart that is troubled, where there is any trace of greed or lust or self or self-pity, there can be no peace. We must build our world or our consciousness as did your Creator build. And when your building is finished, then you shall rest in peace. Earthman has been told that when he has decided to move in the path of everlasting love, he shall receive great help from beings who stand ready to give this help 
when this decision is made. Many of your people believe they have made this decision, but they walk not in that path of love, for they are so blind to their own weaknesses. The most difficult thing in the experience of Earth man will be to face himself squarely, to look deep into his own consciousness and recognize that which lurks in the darkness there. But once this has been done, beloved ones, and the weaknesses are recognized and brought forth, then they can be eliminated, and man can truly walk in the light. This shall be man's most difficult moment, and many will not be able to face what they will see. They will not have the courage to cope with themselves, and this will be the chaff that will be blown from the wheat and shall float away to a new environment. But no man cometh into his own without this experience. Many stand ready to help in these changing times, but before one can be helped, he must make this decision and carry it forth to its completion. And as he carries out the weeding process, he will find help coming to him to smooth the way. May the peace, the love, and the understanding of all the Great Ones rest in the hearts of each of you. Peace, beloved. Peace. Peace. So be it. Om. Om. Om.